Hi, this is Candace Malcolm. Welcome to a special edition of The Candace Malcolm Show, where I am going to go through some of the top stories of 2019, do a little bit of a recap, and talk about how True North made a difference in the Canadian media landscape in the last calendar year. So let's start off in February 2019 with the United We Roll Wexit Western separatism movement. So this all started back on February 19th when the United We Roll convoy arrived on Parliament Hill in Ottawa. The mainstream media, being the mainstream media, accused these protesters who were mostly just working people from Western Canada who were desperate for to get themselves back to work, desperate for the economy to pick up, wanted the politicians in Ottawa and all the fancy people, all the Laurentian elites to understand just how tough life is if you are a working person in Western Canada. Well, of course, the mainstream media looked at these people and decided that they were racist. So they got accused of being racist, and they went as far as to accuse Andrew Scheer, the then leader of the Conservative Party, of being a white supremacist simply because he spoke at this rally. Well, True North was actually at the rally. We took the time to interview people instead of just writing them all off as being racist, bigots, white supremacists. We talked to them, we interviewed them, and we got to know what they were really interested in, what their movement was really about. It was clear that the United We Roll Convoy was simply a group of hardworking people from Western Canada who were frustrated with the Trudeau government's anti-energy policies. Unfortunately, this was not the end of Western Canadians voicing their concerns with the Trudeau government. So we can jump ahead to October 2019 after the election and similar group of people, same same people, same frustrations. Well, this at this point had exploded into a huge movement. So we saw the beginning of Wexit the beginning for calls of Western separatism or at least Western independence, which began to grow louder and louder. Maybe if the elites and people in the liberal government, the Trudeau government, had paid attention to these folks back in February, they wouldn't have seen such a big movement in October calling for a separation from the rest of the country. Okay, let's go on. Again, in February 2019, we saw a groundbreaking report by the Globe and Mail where it was alleged that Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and his office attempted to pressure Jody Wilson-Raybould, who was the Justice Minister and Attorney General at the time. The pressure was done in order to get her to intervene in the corruption and fraud prosecution of a Montreal-based engineering company, construction giant, called SNC-Lavalin Group Incorporated. Well, when that report came out, that groundbreaking report in the Globe and Mail, Justin Trudeau said that the allegations were false. But in the months to follow, it was clear that Justin Trudeau was not telling the truth to Canadians. Jody Wilson-Raybould testified in front of the Justice Committee and said she faced political pressure from individuals within her own party to prevent SNC-Lavalin from facing that criminal trial on corruption allegations. In August, the Ethics Commissioner Mario Dion found that Justin Trudeau had sought to influence Wilson-Raybould's decision in the SNC-Lavalin criminal case and to, quote, improperly further the interests of SNC-Lavalin, unquote. So there you have it. Justin Trudeau sacrificed his entire political mandate to save SNC-Lavalin. Two cabinet ministers were kicked out of caucus. His top advisor was fired. He was reduced to a minority government. And for what? 
Later in the year, a division of SNC-Lavalin pleaded guilty to fraud of over $5,000 in relation to the firm's activities in Libya. They were accused of spending $48 million to bribe government officials in Libya between 2001 and 2011. Next, a Quebec court found former SNC-Lavalin Vice President Sami Badawi guilty of corruption, laundering proceeds of a crime, and fraud, all related to the company's Libyan activities. Not exactly the kind of firm that a political party would really want to be associated with or seen risking their entire political career to save a company that clearly has issues with corruption. All right, let's move on. The next big story of the year was that the conservative premiers were elected across the country and they vowed to fight against Justin Trudeau and his carbon tax. So in 2019, conservatives were victorious in provincial politics and they won sweeping victories across the country. Jason Kenney was elected premier in Alberta. Brian Pallister was elected to a majority in Manitoba, and Dennis King won in Prince Edward Island. Now, along with this, they joined existing Conservative premiers in Ontario with Premier Doug Ford and Saskatchewan with Premier Scott Moe. So Conservative premiers from coast to coast were united against the federal liberal carbon tax. A number of provinces took the federal government to court to challenge the carbon tax, which True North was the only Canadian media outlet to cover in depth. And our journalist, Andrew Lawton, attended the daily hearings for that court challenge in Ontario back in April 2019. And again, in April 2019, another story that I just had to include because it was just so crazy. CBC hosted convicted terrorist Omar Khadr. So in April 2019, Khadr appeared on the CBC-funded program Tout le monde al par, which is a French for everyone's talking about it, on Easter Sunday. During a segment titled Omar Cotter Dreaming of an Ordinary Life, Cotter entered the studio to applause and a standing ovation from the audience. Only in Canada and only on the CBC could a man who went and joined Al-Qaeda, was part of what he called an Al-Qaeda family. His father was a friend and a benefactor and a personal financer of Osama bin Laden, the mastermind of 9-11. Cotter's entire family was tied up with Al-Qaeda. He was convicted of killing a army medic in the U.S. He pled guilty of several charges, including terrorism. Only in Canada and only on the CBC could someone like Omar Khadr get treated like a rock star, get that rock star standing ovation and a favorable segment where he's just dreaming of an ordinary life. Okay, let's move on. July 2019, there was a manhunt for murderers. This was a huge story that really caught the attention of people all over the country and all over the world. So in July of 2019, the bodies of Australian Lucas Fowler and American Chinese were found near Fort Nelson, British Columbia. This was the beginning of a manhunt for suspects Briar Schmelgensky and Cam McLeod. The teens were spotted at various locations across British Columbia and Manitoba by video surveillance and passerbys and were tracked to the Gillum, Manitoba area where a burnt out RAV4 was found on July 22nd. The story began to garner international attention. Finally, on August 7th, the two bodies were found in a dense brush approximately eight kilometers from where that burnt-out stolen RAV4 was located outside of Gila, Manitoba. The identities were confirmed a few days later by autopsy and by a series of videos in which the two teenagers admitted to the murders and a suicide pact, apparently showing no remorse for their grisly actions. 
Next, in the fall of 2019, the story of Jessica Yaniv really blew up and exploded all over the world, all over Canada. So the story of trans activist Jessica Yaniv made headlines around the world. Yaniv filed multiple complaints with the British Columbia Human Rights Tribunal because female salon workers refused to wax her well down there. Well, partially because Yaniv is a biological male and she doesn't have the same body parts that you would usually have if you were getting a Brazilian wax. Common sense prevailed, fortunately, in the British Columbia Human Rights Tribunal thoroughly dismissed the case, ruling that Yaniv's persistent complaints that female salon workers refused to wax her scrotum were part of a campaign to both enrich herself and punish the South Asian people whom she views as hostile to the rights of transgender people. The ruling ordered Yaniv to pay $6,000 in costs to three of her targets for improper conduct, including using human rights laws as a weapon for extortion. Let's move on. October 2019 was a very big month for multiple reasons. Let's go with the first one. True North versus the Federal Debate Commission and we won. True North covered the federal election, but the federal government didn't make it easy for us. Not only did the Liberal Party ban our journalist Andrew Lawton from entering its public events, but the government also barred True North from covering the official federal debate. We didn't have a choice. We had to take the government to court. And fortunately, again, common sense prevailed. With the support of True North Nation, we were able to cover the leaders' debate and ask the tough questions that the mainstream media refused to. It was a very, very big month for politics in Canada. So during the federal election, multiple photos of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau surfaced of him wearing blackface. This, again, attracted international attention. Justin Trudeau, after all, is the left's poster boy for diversity and inclusion. Well, we learned something new about our prime minister, you know, in public, he loves to play a big game and talk big talk about diversity, inclusion, multiculturalism and cross-cultural understanding. But in the privacy of his own home or in the privacy of the elite events and circles that he traveled in, it turns out he was actually something of a racist and not just a racist, but a very hypocritical one. Justin Trudeau couldn't even clarify how many times he wore blackface in his life. Eventually, he just shrugged, blamed it on his privilege, on his layers and layers of privilege as the reason for why he would wear layers of layers of blackface on so many occasions. Now, despite this truly embarrassing story that showed a different side of our prime minister, Justin Trudeau was still re-elected on October 21st. Next big story of the year came in November 2019 when Don Cherry got fired from Sportsnet. Sportsnet confirmed that Don Cherry was fired from Hockey Night in Canada over remarks that he made on that program that caused something of an uproar, mostly on social media, mostly by a small crowd of very loud, very easily offended, very politically correct people. So on the October 9th edition of Coach's Corner, Don Cherry said, quote, you people, you love our way of life, you love our milk and honey, at least you can pay a couple bucks for a poppy or something like that. These guys paid for your way of life that you enjoy in Canada. These guys paid the biggest price, unquote. <laughs> what a horrible quote. <laughs> Just kidding. Of course, the mainstream media and woke activists assumed that Don Cherry was making a mean-spirited jab about immigrants and immediately called Don Cherry a racist. However, Cherry clarified multiple occasions that he wasn't simply talking about immigrants. He was talking about all Canadians. He wanted all Canadians to wear the poppy. 
Sherry said, quote, I know what I said and I meant it. Everyone in Canada should wear a poppy to honor our fallen soldiers, unquote. Again, Sherry clarified that his words were not meant to be racist. They're not meant to be bigoted, but he was trying to be patriotic and respectful of our troops. Again, the mainstream media and the woke left didn't have any interest in trying to understand Cherry, trying to make amends, trying to get to the bottom of it. They just wanted him canceled. Just like that, Don Cherry was canceled. In 2019, we learned that conservative leader Andrew Scheer was stepping down, prompting a new Conservative Party of Canada leadership race. So after failing to defeat Justin Trudeau in the federal election, calls for conservative leader Andrew Scheer began to become louder and louder. Although Scheer increased the conservative seat count, he won the popular vote and he reduced Justin Trudeau to a minority. It simply wasn't enough for some conservatives. And rather than fighting back and asserting his role, inserting himself and standing up for conservatives, Andrew Scheer instead on December 12th announced that he was stepping down as conservative leader, saying he was putting the party and his family first. As a result, this has launched a new search for a new conservative leader to begin. True North is going to be playing a front and center role in that in 2020, we're very excited. We're going to be interviewing the candidates. We're going to be doing a full report. Anytime there's an update, you can always find out what the latest is on that conservative leadership race by checking out tnc.news. And don't forget to join our mailing list because we send out emails with all the news that you need to know. So again, 2019 was a great year for True North. We grew. We were at the forefront of reporting some of the top stories of the year. We helped push the dial. We helped push back against the mainstream media groupthink and their anti-conservative bias. And we became a trusted news source for so many Canadians across the country. So I want to say thank you so much to everyone who is listening, everyone who likes our programs, who shares them with their friends and family, everyone who promotes our work. It's really great. It's a team effort. And you are part of True North Nation. We really appreciate that. So from all of us here at TNC.News, wishing you a great and prosperous new year and hopefully one where conservatives in the media are able to push back and have our voice and have our perspectives heard. Thank you very much. And we will be back again in the new year.